What's up and welcome back to the Microfamous Podcast. We're talking about how to convert visibility into leads. In other words, the secrets of podcast guests who get large numbers of people to raise their hand, show interest, and join their email list. And the reason we're talking about this today is because I got a really amazing question uh, from the from a gal on the email list that, that in response to a, a message I sent out looking for some really tough questions to cover on the podcast. And she just said, like, how do you get people to raise their hands? You know, when you're doing guest presentations or webinars or teleseminars or even just being a guest on a podcast, how do you pe get people to go from just kind of being interested or in the audience, listening, agreeing and nodding their head and going, yeah, that all sounds great. How do you actually get them to raise their hand and kind of draw attention to themselves so that they either get into your email list and you can follow up with them from there or they just flat out raise their hand and say, yeah, I want to talk. Uh, so that's what we're talking about today. And I think there's three areas where we need to focus on where if we get it wrong, the the effects that we will feel is that everything is just slow and sluggish and, and you know, the opportunities that we think have a big potential just don't seem to go anywhere. You know, just everything in the business seems kind of sluggish. But if we get them right, everything in the business picks up pace and things start to happen quickly, things spread by word of mouth, uh, all those fun things. So there's three areas that I want to focus on. We're going to talk about the first, which is the clear and compelling idea. Then we'll talk about having a controversial point of view on the problem. And then we'll finish up by talking about the offer that we are making at the end of um, you know, whatever presentation or podcast that you're giving and making sure that the offer itself, the reason for them to raise their hand is both clear and compelling. But let's start with number one. Let's start with the actual idea of our business, right? Having a clear and compelling idea that speaks deeply to the right people. Uh, when I think about the best podcast guests that I've had on, they were really clear about who they serve, the problem they solve, and exactly the right person who should work with them. So for the listening audience that was on the receiving end of that message, that right person is saying to themselves, holy cow, that's me. I have that exact problem. I've never thought of it that way before. Right. So for them, it's very natural to raise their hand and follow up because they want to hear more from that person. You know, I, I listen to people like Tim Ferriss and uh, and I've always loved his content. He's really good uh, at something we'll talk about later. But just just his overall approach of having a clear and compelling idea for each book. And then there's this amazing blog post where he and his team broke down the launch plan for one of his books. And he talks about his guest posting strategy where he would write these articles specifically for various websites and online publications that he knew that segments of his ideal audience read. And so he'd write these super custom articles for those other websites, even going into content that wasn't included in the book. But the secret was it was all clear, it was all consistent with the big idea of the book, the clear and compelling idea behind each book. He, like, he just, he, he's so good at understanding his core audience and all the different little subgroups within that audience. So he'll write specific chapters of his books with those subgroups of his audience in mind, like one chapter for this group and another chapter for that group and another chapter for this group over here. It all serves one idea, the the overall arching kind of idea of the book. It's not just random content thrown in to go to get attention. It all leads to the same place. And that's what we have to do when we go out and we get visible on podcast interviews and things like that is everything really has to lead back to that clear and compelling idea. It can't just be random content thrown together to get attention, right? So yes, we need to work on finding, you know, what hooks people, that thing that gets them to perk up their ears and pay attention first. But then ultimately, the goal is to lead them back to our clear and compelling idea. You know, who do we serve? What do we, what do, we do for them? And why should they hire us? So that's number one, get the clear and compelling idea right. 
so that it speaks deeply to the right person. That way, when we're visible, the right person on the receiving end is going, holy cow, I've never heard anyone say that before. I've never heard someone talk about the problem that way. That is, that is exactly what I need. I've got to learn more. That's the response that we should get when we are visible. Now let's look at number two. That's to have a unique and sometimes controversial point of view on the problem we solve. Um, Chris Lockhead, the author of Play Bigger, says if you can reframe the problem, if you can describe the problem in a new and different way, the assumption is you must have the solution, which is brilliant. He's right about that. For anyone who sees the problem the way you do, now that they've heard your description of it, you are the natural choice to deliver the solution to the problem, right? But if you describe the problem in the same way everyone else does, you're starting at a disadvantage. You have to work uphill to then establish that your solution is different because it comes from the same foundation as everyone else, the same perspective on the problem as everyone else, right? So the I think one of the best places to start and one of the best things to share when you're being interviewed or featured or whatever is to deliver a controversial, unique, compelling point of view on the problem. Something that's this qualitatively different than what anyone else would say about the problem. Because that's gonna get people's attention right away. And then the assumption is if they agree with your point of view on the problem, then you must have a different solution to everyone else because nobody else describes the problem the way that you do. So here's how that actually works in reality. You have to work to kind of uncover and refine your opinions until they become razor sharp and positively polarizing. And then you can build your interviews and presentations around those opinions. Those opinions lead into your buying beliefs and the more buying beliefs people agree with you on, the closer they are to becoming an ideal client. Now, I wanna talk a little bit about what I mean by positively polarizing, because I haven't shared a ton of that, but this is something I work on with clients when we're kind of in the pre-launch phase where we're really digging into their whole point of view and their whole belief system, I wanna find the opinions and the beliefs that are polarizing and then put them and spin them in a positive way. So a good example is a client named Lars Hedenberg. Uh, he coaches real estate team leaders. So those team leaders are all often overworked and feel underpaid. And a lot of times they have teams that actually take profit out of their pocket while adding work, but they're trapped by kind of this top line focus in the team world. And so they feel like they have to keep growing and the only way out is to keep growing. And a lot of times that means more work and less family time and it puts everything else in their life at risk. And as a result, Lars has a very polarizing message, which is to focus on the bottom line, including the actual lifestyle that you're living as a team leader, and to rebuild your business on a different model, a model that's actually scalable, a model that's sustainable. And so we're playing uh, and he's played a lot with the message over the years, but we're looking at calling it something like the scalable team, right? A new model for how teams are built and structured to maximize both profit and lifestyle of the team leader. Now that could come across as a very negative message, especially if Lars was to put all of his focus on the top line, the ego, the, all the smoke and mirrors that goes on in the team world. But in the end, any message, I believe, no matter how negative it might seem at first, can ultimately be a positive message. Because it's not about trashing everything that's out there. It's not about disagreeing with everyone. It's not about you know setting yourself up as, as the, the rebel in the industry just for its own sake. Lars is a good example because he's on a mission to help his clients create a better lifestyle and more profit. Right? It just so happens that letting go of the ego is one of the first steps in building that new kind of team on a new model. So he has to deal with that right to push away the wrong people and attract the right people and right his right people are the people who are willing to set aside the ego 
and rebuild essentially their business on a new model. That is not everyone, right? And you could be perceived as coming out and being very negative when you say, hey, everyone else, the whole team model is broken. Everyone else is teaching you the wrong way. But you have you can spin that and you can flip that around and basically make it positively polarizing, right? This isn't about just ego. It's not about just everything else out there is broken. This is about there. there is hope. You're overworked, you're underpaid, but there's a different model that you can build on that will actually deliver you the lifestyle and the profit that you want. Here's that model. I'm going to show you how to do it. That's the positive side of that message. And so no matter how negative your message might seem to be at first, and no matter how your bold opinions might be you know, taking aim at a common enemy in your industry or something like that, there's always a positive side of that that you can find so that you can be polarizing, but in a positive way. And that's what I mean by that, positively polarizing. So when you think about that second element, which is to me having a unique and controversial point of view on the problem, the best point of view I believe to have is one that's positively polarizing, not negatively polarizing. So that's number two. Now let's look at the offer, the offer in exchange for raising their hand. The offer must be clear and compelling. So it has to be clear as to what your offer solves, right? What problem it solves. Uh, this is easy to lose sight of because we have so much content, so many you know tools or templates or trainings or whatever that we could put into an offer. But ultimately the offer has to be crystal clear. And uh, especially on a podcast, when you're a guest, I recommend that you do no more than two offers. Number one is a way to work with you directly if you do that kind of thing. And the second is a lower risk way for them to stay in touch with you and learn more. Right. And, and not like an evaluation or a quiz to determine if they're a good fit for you. That's all about what you want. It has to be a compelling offer that basically solves a problem for them in an interesting and different way. Now, uh, this is where I want to give you kind of one of my bold opinions, because I think the best way to get people to raise their hand on a podcast or a, or a webinar or whatever is to offer some unique and simple solution to a, a smaller tactical problem. And I mentioned Tim Ferriss. He's one of the ones that's really good at this. Uh, that post that I mentioned where he breaks down his book launch strategy is an amazing example of that. Like that could have been a really great opt-in. It's like, hey, you know, um, like go go to this page and I'll give you my complete post you know book launch breakdown of all the things that we did what worked what didn't work what we would do differently next time like as an author who's launched a book I would be all over that I'm all over that right uh, now Tim Ferriss gave it away for free on his blog right but he could have easily given that away as an opt-in if he was being interviewed about his book launch strategy or about basically anything if the if the target market was authors so that's just a good example of content that delivers a, a solution to tactical problems, right? Now, here's where I, I get, I wanna take this a step further. Think about a smaller tactical problem that comes before the main problem that you solve, right? Um, and in, in, my, in my point of view, there is like, if you imagine a, a, a straight line, in the middle of that line, is a just plunk a dot down in the middle of that line. That is the problem that you solve. On the left hand side of that line, or on that, on that, you know, on the left hand side of the problem that you solve are all the problems that lead up to that. And then on the other side, on the right side, are the problems that are after what you do, right? You don't do them, they're not they're outside of the scope of what you do. They come after you've stepped in and solved their problem. So imagine if you are <clears throat> a real estate agent, for example. Uh, and you sell a house. After that, there is, you know, the the mortgage, there's the, 
you know, maybe remodeling. Um, there's landscaping. There's installing a new garage door. There's there's stuff to like customize the home once you're in. And then there's also services that kind of come after a person has, uh, you know, got a new home, maybe new landscaping, alarms, you know, stuff like that to kind of trick the house out the way they want it. Um, that's all the stuff that comes after a home sale process. What about the stuff that comes before the home sale process? Well, for example, a lot of people will hire a painter or a handyman to come in before they ever reach out to a real estate agent because the problem that they have first is, oh man, crap, we got to get this house ready for sale. They don't call the agent, they call a handyman or a painter or whatever to do the, the what they think of as the small stuff they need to get done before they can reach out to an agent and put the home up for sale on market, right? So there's problems that come before that problem and then there's problems that come after the problem that the agent solves. So your business is the same way. If you take the problem that you solve, there are problems that come before it and there are problems that come after it. The ideal when you're kind of getting people to raise their hand is to give them something uh, that solves a problem that comes before the problem that you solve, such that if they took your advice, they acted on it, they would actually need you more and not less. Right. What you don't want to do is offer something of value that if they take it and run with it, they actually need you less. That doesn't make any sense. But a lot of people do it right. They give away some portion of their content. But if the person actually took that piece of content, implemented it, they'd actually need their service or their program or their product less than before. That's not what you want. What you want is help them solve a problem that comes before the problem that you solve and help them solve it in a way that if they actually take it and run with it and implement, it actually makes them a better, more ideal client for you. That's the ideal. Find a smaller tactical problem that you can help them solve that when they solve it, if they actually take your advice, it actually moves them closer to needing you. It makes them more of an ideal client. So it takes some time and some experimentation to find the right kind of offer. But the place to start is to kind of map out that range of problems that I mentioned, like draw, draw a straight line across, put a dot in the middle, that's the problem you solve, and look at all the problems that you could help someone solve that, that come before your problem, right, that you could help them move closer to you by solving those problems, and then look at all the problems that come after you. Those are the people that you send referrals to once they're done with your service, right? And, and make, a, make that kind of diagram or that sketch so that you know what problems come before the problem that you solve, and look for ways that you can help people solve those problems. And then you can potentially take one of those problems and you can create a giveaway, a lead magnet, a download, a video, a training, a webinar, something that gives them a unique tactical solution to that problem, right? Uh, I'll give you an example. So when I get featured on a podcast that's focused more on the relationship side of marketing rather than just like, you know, podcasting and stuff, I have a specific offer I created that gives away uh, a copy of my relationship board template in Trello, right? It's a Trello board where I track all my key relationships and I look for ways to make introductions among those key people. And basically I can, I can go on a podcast that's about relationship marketing and I can, I can basically say, Hey, you can actually get my exact template Trello board where I track all my relationships and look for ways to make introductions and then track those and make sure that I'm delivering on my promise. If you'd like that, go here and you can download that relationship board with a walkthrough video that shows you exactly how to use it, right? That's a unique tactical solution to a common problem and only comes up on those certain types of podcasts. So basically, 
that's an example of me looking for a very unique tactical solution to a problem and then turning that into a giveaway, a, a reason for people to raise their hands. When people get into my email list that way, I know they've come from one of those podcasts where I talked about relationship marketing over other types of things that I might talk about. I know that they got in for a specific reason and I know that they're interested in adding value to their their network and making introductions and they're looking for practical ways to do it. I, it also tells me they might be interested in Trello, which is good because my entire fast track is kind of built around Trello templates and things like that. So it's a good disqualifier for me. I know if somebody's not interested in Trello, they're probably not going to see the value in the fast track. So it tells me a lot about that person and it gets them, they've essentially raised their hand and told a lot of things about themselves to me so that I can follow up with them, right? So that is the, the final area where I think we can really improve is what is that offer? What is, why should somebody raise their hand just because they hear you on a podcast, right? The offer has to be clear and compelling in itself, right? Then you want to have a unique and controversial point of view that's positively polarizing. You want bold opinions that are positively polarizing. That gets people to see the problem that they're having differently. And that assumes that you have a solution to it that is different and unique. And then it all feeds into the clear and compelling idea for your entire business, right? Who you serve, the problem you solve, and exactly the right person who should work out to you or uh, who should work with you and reach out to you. So once you deliver those types of things, to me, that's the way to convert visibility into leads. That's how you get people to raise their hand, show interest, join your email list, get on the phone with you uh, based on them hearing you on a podcast or seeing a virtual presentation or a webinar from you. If you don't have those three things dialed in, um, you might have attention, you might have encouragement, you, you might get good feedback, but you won't ultimately get people to raise their hand and say, hey, I want to learn more, tell me where to go. I wanna get on the phone or I wanna buy your program. So if you have those three things dialed in, That'll, that'll make things a lot easier. And so if you're feeling like you're, you're being visible, you're getting interviewed, or you're doing virtual presentations, and you're just not feeling like people are raising their hand, uh, of course, there's the outside chance, maybe it's just not the right audience. But if you're pretty sure it's the right audience, then look at those three things, a clear and compelling idea that speaks deeply to the right people, a unique and controversial point of view on the problem that's positively polarizing, and an offer in exchange for raising their hand that is both clear and compelling. If you get those things right, makes everything a lot easier. So hopefully you enjoyed that. If you have any questions uh, or any follow-up questions based on this content, uh, I would love to hear from you. Just shoot me an email back in response to this, um, matt at pursuingresults.com. And if you have any other content or topic ideas for the show, reach out. Uh, thanks for sharing it. Thanks for reviewing it. I appreciate it. I read every single review on the podcast, every single review on the book. I appreciate that everybody that does that. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of Microfamous. <laughs>